like for me, when I was communicating with my friends and family that I am non-monogamous, first I wasn't asking for their permission because I'm an adult. <laughs> so it wasn't... Um, <laughs> to Polly Christmas, <laughs> the knit closest thing we'll have to a Christmas episode. The closest knit event. Do you knit for Christmas? No. Uh, I'm thinking of like the Weasleys, you know. Oh, like, yeah. But not really. You don't really knit for Christmas. They're kind of a pot. No, they're not. They're monogamous. Never mind. I was going to say they're kind of a polykill, but they're not, are they really? Not at all. They're just a family, just babe. a family, yeah. It's so random. <laughs> it's just the... <laughs> What's the name of the the name of the um, place they live again? The the bur- the burrows. burrows. It's just like you could have a polycule in there. You can have a nice village. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wasted on them, really. Well, you know, the big hot, family. Hot, hot take. Oh my god. Well, this is our pen- yes. <laughs> well, moving swiftly <laughs> along. Swiftly along. This is our penultimate episode for oh, the, year. the year. I've been wanting to say that word. All week. Penultimate. I've been waiting for... It's a good word. Yeah. I learned it when I was a kid. You know the Lemony Snicket books, mm-hmm. like the series of Unfortunate Events? The second last one is called The Penultimate Peril. Yeah. And like that's where I learned that word. Mm. And so whenever I can like put it in. It's a bit of a spoiler though, isn't it? It's like, this is the second from last peril. Yes. <laughs> but you know... <laughs> oh, it's so there like will be one more. One more peril after this. Okay. Um, and for our listeners, there'll be one more peril after this episode as well, because we will have Hopefully another they episode. they don't see it as a peril. Well, you know. But who lucky, are we, who lucky, are we to say? lucky sods that they are, because they get uh, an episode um, this week and next week. I know, yeah. So look we're, out for uh, that next week. Look out week. for that, guys. That's it, because we're going to then take a little break over Christmas, but we'll explain that to you all next week. Won't we? Yes. All right. Well, before we get into today's episode, which obviously, if you've read the title, is all about talking to your friends, family members, whatever, over the holiday period, however you celebrate about your relationship structure, this is something that I think a lot of people in all walks of life experience, you know, right down to, you know, there's a lot about like, why don't you have a boyfriend? Why don't you have a girlfriend? You know, like, why are you gay? Do you, you know, why are you poly? It just kind of is, there's mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, you're coming home <clears throat> from the holidays, like for the holidays, sorry. And you see people, maybe you don't really see that often. You see maybe that once a year, there's updates yeah. and there's like sort of questions that you don't really fancy answering. So we have some really good advice from Someone Susan Wenzel. Someone you forgot to tell <laughs> because yeah, they're not that uh, important. And then they're like. There's another layer of embarrassment. <laughs> Sometimes I do forget like who knows and who doesn't. Yeah. Because it's so normal for us now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just sort of as a little bit of preamble before we get into the interview, I've actually sort of found myself telling people a lot about. <clears throat> We've both got uh, froggy throats. I know. It's quite sexy, really. <laughs> like Phoebe, the sexy voice. <laughs> you know, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just wash over that real quick. <laughs> Um, we, I found myself recently telling a lot of people that we're non-monogamous for no real reason. It just sort of has come up. And some of my family members as well, as well, recently, I've like not told them previously, like mentioned it to them. And, 
you know, it's it's like it's it's a nerve wracking thing to do. It's like the coming out process is never really done, and like that's kind of frustrating sometimes. At least I sometimes find a bit like annoyed. I'm like, oh, it's annoying. I have to like mm. do this thing and like choreograph if I've got to tell someone that's kind of important to my life. Like choreograph this and like the anxiety that you feel beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but recently, I feel like I've sort of cracked something within me that's really helped me be able to sort of tell people so I want to mm. sort of like talk about that briefly before we get into the episode yeah and before you say anything else about that I just want to say and I think I've said I think I've I think this is becoming the when is Rich proud of Siobhan <laughs> podcast because I feel like I've said a few times now but um, I'm very proud of you for being so much more open and and feel you feel I feel like you feel a bit more emboldened in the the uh, mm. you know unvalidated in, in being polyamorous. And I think that's yeah. a great thing. It's been a journey for sure, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm really, in terms of telling people, like really hitting my stride in that respect and just yeah. finding the vocabulary and, and yeah, just not really being, uh, being like una, unapologetic about it, which is really nice. Yeah. And I think it's interesting as well. We've, we've touched on this before, but the way that women are, responded to when they bring this sort of thing up mm-hmm. is generally I think you you get a worse a ride of it than because it's, it's something I've been doing for a while now is telling people and yeah. it's been absolutely fine well mostly fine yeah um and so I feel f- pretty confident in that now and, and and I feel like you're kind of going through your own uh period of of being you know, feeling more confident about about talking about it with people and that's that's great um after a very after quite a while of you know us receiving a little bit of backlash for it yeah so and i think it ebbs and flows you know but i think you're totally right i sort of manage i feel like i'm it's more it's 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 better than what it has been like it's definitely and that's really exciting and i mean something that i've found that's really helped me recently is saying to people a variation of I really hope that you can support me in this Mm. or I really hope you can support Richard and I in our decision to be non-monogamous or I really hope that you can support me in what is for our relationship the most authentic expression of our love and something like that take your pick but basically I have found that that's been really helpful because, first of all, it tells people what I want from them. I want them to support me. I don't want them to question me. Yeah, and no me. one wants to. No one wants to be unsupportive to someone they care about, right? Right, and that's that. And that's kind of the second thing is, I hope that you can support me. For me, I have found people being like, "Oh yeah, of course I can support you." Like they're more. Yeah. They're kind of they want to be, and I think I, on the whole, and at least the people that I. In my life, I think they want to be supportive. They they love me. They care about me. They want to be there. And I think hearing that line can help them be like, oh, yeah, it's still Siobhan. It's still, she's still a human being. And she's still who she was before that I knew this about her. Mm-hmm. And so I found that like a really helpful line. So that's just something that I wanted to share. It might not work for everybody, but I've just, in the last few weeks, I've really noticed like saying that has been really beneficial. So... And there's heaps of advice we've got in in the episode as well. So hopefully you will yeah. find it helpful. With the 
fantastic Susan Wenzel. Yes. And uh, she's fantastic. She has actually, her and her husband have a very similar story to Rich and I. Mm -hmm. We opened our relationship. So did they after being monogamous. And um, her book is fantastic. Uh, We mention it in the episode as well, but definitely worth having a look. I think it was the second book that we read. Yes, you actually ordered it for me yeah. because I was in the throes of anxiety and disoriented about yeah, and what I thought, to do. This lady's gonna have a, have plenty to say that will be useful to you. Yeah, like yeah. you found it. You were like, this woman, her husband is literally exactly the same situation. Came to her and was like, mm-hmm. but then they were married at the time. Actually, it was her partner. After about a year, came to her and said, "I'm polyamorous." And she was like, what? And had to go through the journey, her herself being a therapist as well. And she really unpacks that in the book. Mm-hmm. And there's a lots of useful, just like general advice and activities. Like there's a lot of reflections and like writing tasks that I did when we first opened our relationship and they were immensely useful. So I really can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. And if uh, that isn't a good enough advert for you, um, then stay tuned because we're going to be talking to her in just a moment after our little break. Okay. We'll leave it there, guys. See you on the other side. Bam, 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 bam. So uh, today our guest is a certified sex therapist, speaker, writer and relationship expert. She's also the author of A Happy Life in an Open Relationship, The Essential Guide to a Healthy and Fulfilling Non-Monogamous Love Life. Welcome to the show, Susan Wenzel. Yay, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. We're very happy to have you here. I think we've been trying to get you on for a while now. It's just been, it's like when yeah. plans work out, it's quite nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, busy lady. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> She's a busy lady, you know, so yeah. oh, we're glad that we got to, um, yeah, get her on. Yeah. Um, but just to start with, we'd love to hear how you came to work in the area of non-monogamy, just if our guests don't know, don't know you or don't know your work, um, how you came to write your book and sort of just a general overview of um, of who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. So uh, about Ethcon and monogamy, I had worked with a lot of clients prior to me becoming a, a non-monogamous as well. So I was familiar with the concept of non-monogamy and I've read books as part of my practice, but it's something that I would help clients, but I didn't know that that would become my journey as well. So this is until later on when my partner initiated open relationship that I began this journey as well. And when I, when we opened our relationship and our listeners will be familiar with our story, but your book was really helpful for me because your story with your partner initiating an open relationship is very similar to Richard coming to me and initiating an open relationship. So it was just really nice to know that there were other stories like ours out there. So the book that you wrote was just really um, helpful for me. So um, yeah, if anyone's in the position like I was in and that Susan found herself in as well, um, it's a great one to check out. So, and in that Mm -hmm. book, you, you talk a little bit, got lots of really helpful and and excellent tips in there. And part of that is around like how to talk to people about being non-monogamous. And, you know, as we know, the holiday season is upon us and it can be a really tricky time for people who are worried about Mm -hmm. going 
to see family members or friends and maybe that they're going to be faced with uncomfortable questions. So what would some of your advice be for how people could deal with uncomfortable questions or potentially even like microaggressions from friends or family over the holiday season? Mm-hmm. First, let me say, I'm so glad to hear you say that that book was helpful to you because that was my whole intention was uh, if I can help one person or two people out there with this book, that would really, really be um, what my intention would have been accomplished or completed. And I'm glad to hear that you found it helpful. And yes, in the book, we do talk about ways to communicate open relationship or polyamory or ethical and monogamous with your family members. Um, so what I do recommend is to, uh, go with the understanding that they may not like what you're saying. It's, a uh, breaking monogamy or breaking the idea or principle of monogamy to people, that concept of non-monogamy do threaten people because that's all they know. Um, that's all they have ever dreamt of. So you bringing a new concept can be very threatening to your family member. So remembering that it's not that they hate you, it's not because they don't care about you, it's because your idea or your lifestyle can become very threatening to them. And therefore, people can rush out, say rude comments, uh, become insensitive. But if we understand has nothing to do with us, it's because you're struggling with this new concept that I am communicating to you that I am uh, I am a, an anamonogamous and that can be threatening. So if, when you see it that way, that they're not attacking you um, personally, it's their own journey, it's their own insecurity, then you're able to meet with compassion and you're able to set those clear boundaries. Like for me, when I was communicating with my friends and family that I am non-monogamous, first I wasn't asking for their permission because I'm an adult. (laughs) So it wasn't... Should I be in open relationship? And and we can ask people for permission, maybe non-verbal. We maybe act like we're asking for permission because we're not confident. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that can come out as if we're asking for permission, if we are wishy-washy, if we are not clear what we're saying. So, but if I come and say, you know what, this has been working for us. We have tried different style, but this is what seems to work for us. And I'm really happy about this. Um, and I'm okay if you have family and we have communicated this with our children or we haven't yet talked to our children, but when t- time comes, that's something we'd like to talk to them about. So when you're confident, it helps the other people lessen their insecurity as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, <laughs> it, I mean, first, first of all, um, it's really interesting uh, going back to what you said initially about uh, just wanting to maybe try and help one or two people with your book. It's like that. That's uh, a very familiar feeling, isn't it? Because we we had the exact same thing in mind um, with this podcast. So, you know, it's it's I guess we're all just putting putting love out there aren't we and trying to help yeah. just even if just one person gets help then that's 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 great um and i'm sure that you know you must be incredibly proud with how well the book's done um yes yeah. i mean you sort of alluded to this already with what you were saying there but like you talk about sharing information about your your open relationship as a fact um mm-hmm. and i guess you can't you did allude to it there with uh, sort of you know the, the whole not asking for permission thing not kind of 
like you're coming to them for their opinion <laughs> what what do you mean what do you mean by this how would you kind of explain what you know talking about sharing information as a fact means uh, and how can that be mm -hmm. he helpful to people uh, moving forward Mm -hmm. I would say um, in all relationship, we want to be able to know, are we happy? Are we to be able to see we, uh, we can say Richard and I experience love this way. We feel much happier this way. Um, we, uh, this is allowing us to really know, get to know who we are and exploring ourselves or exploring about things that matters to us. Um, so that's a good way of communicating in a way you're going because especially let's say i'm assuming if if they have your parents or people who care about you um apart from their own experience they want to know are you okay are you gonna be okay are you going to be mm -hmm. okay with this journey that you're deciding to mm -hmm. go that is so unfamiliar and so reassuring them saying actually we experience love better this way we are more connected now what i tell people is i feel more love now than i've ever felt in monogamous and that's your experience um it's hard for people to fight with your own experience uh, we don't want to go and tell them you guys don't know what you're doing because you're not here or you're missing out, but you're just sharing your own experience. You don't want to be telling them they're missing out anything because they may not be missing anything. Um, mm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, being in confidence, just sharing your experience. And also you could share also your struggles saying it has been hard, but we feel that it's worth it. Yeah. I think I love that you say uh sort of being confident and sharing it as your own experience because it's so true it is really difficult mm -hmm. when someone says well you know this is how I feel about things this is how I experience things it is difficult to argue about whether they're right or wrong because it, it's mm -hmm. you can't argue with someone else's experience and I think that's mm -hmm. actually something that we try to do a little bit as well rather than stating mm -hmm. things as like or pitting non-monogamy and monogamy against each other about the way I'm doing it is better, which I think sometimes people might take it that way. Mm. And that's why I think you were saying about when people are a bit threatened, sometimes they're like, oh, well, I'm doing not monogamy and you're doing non-monogamy. Is what you're doing a comment on what I'm doing, which is not mm -hmm. true. Um, but I think that that's, that's really helpful. I mean, is what do you, why do you think people can get threatened? Is it because sometimes they take it as a reflection upon themselves or are there other reasons why people seem to be so threatened by non-monogamy? Are you sure it says, and this is just maybe, it's just a thought. I'm not saying it's a fact. Sometimes mm -hmm. somebody can say that I really killed that person there and they are like, okay, that's too bad. But if you say you had an affair or you open a relationship, that tends to trigger people so much. And I don't know why. It's mm. the idea of, because they attach with the identity. Uh, relationship is I'm special. You chose me. I'm special than everybody else. Um, so threatening that idea, it really threatens someone's identity. Uh, and that's why people tend to react more, uh, whether someone is having an affair, someone is having open relationship, anything that goes away from monogamy can become very threatening, even though it happens often. And, mm -hmm. and the idea is we so wrapped up with our partners and our sense of belonging and a sense of who we think we are, that when that's threatening, it's hard to become regulated or it's hard to 
to see ourselves as separate, to see ourselves as special, even though your partner is seeing other people, to see ourselves enough, even though your partner is seeing someone else. Uh, so I think that's why people get so threatened because their identity is so wrapped up with their partner. And that's something I had to um I had to get rid of or I had to work on or I had to um, dissociate myself from is to be so, to find my identity in my partner. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with that. Mm. I think um, a really useful thing that you said uh, uh, before as well is um, mm. that, well, it made me think about when I was talking to my parents about uh, mine and Siobhan's at the time new found relationship orientation relationship dynamics like there's there's a bit of there's an element of fear and worry for your their, their children right like m m you know my parents being worried for for me and whether or not because it's such an alien idea it's something they don't understand the response to things that they don't things that they don't understand a lot of the time is going to be fear and i think that's something mm -hmm. that is worth bearing in mind um when you know when when sort of gauging the reaction of our relatives or our loved ones um mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know the reactions to what we're telling them for the first time mm -hmm. potentially so yeah i just found that that interesting that kind of triggered that thought for me and just how so much of your relationships and particularly your romantic connections is connected to your identity I, I think that is just such a – you said that so eloquently and that's such a, an, ins, an insight that for me was, is so true. And sometimes now I like still feel like I might lapse back into my, quote, old monogamous ways of doing things because it can be really hard to separate. Yeah. So I think, as you said, about like realising maybe this is useful information to maybe know where your family members are coming from. Yeah, yeah. Which is – Put yourself back in the frame of mind that you – maybe once had once were. <laughs> <laughs> the dis mm, disenlightened you <laughs> yeah. and, and if you think about it like from uh, evolutionary psychology if you think about uh, peer bonding uh, and when we peer bond we, our offspring are safe when our community is safe so having one partner create that sense of safety in general and I'm not um, maybe this is a way we are acting out even without thinking like subconsciously um, uh, our evolution, or not even evolution, our society have programmed us that way. That if you know it's one person, like if you know it's Sibor, if it's Richard, that you're two of you and there's safety in that. So your parent hearing that that safety is being threatened, they are wondering, our children, are they going to be okay? Um, so those fears are varied. They're they are very varied. It's good to not dismiss them, to not dismiss with people who we care about, but to reassure them more and more again and to reassure them that we communicate better, we, we are connected better, and also to give time. Because sometimes some time also speaks for you. If they see, oh, it has been a year, it has been two years. Actually, these people are more bonded now. They, they look a little mm. bit more happy. Maybe some of those uh, fears may resonate. Yeah, mm. yeah. Time is a is a bit of a healer sometimes, isn't it? So true. Um, well, we yeah. found we found in you know in our our own conversations um, with with other people, yeah, yeah. with other people, uh, not between me and Chiffon, with other people. Uh, discussions around non-monogamy can become complicated. They can become 
maybe even a little bit heated sometimes uh, very quickly. And often everyone in the conversation can just be left feeling a bit more confused or unheard. Do you have any tips for people who are worried about that? Uh, for keeping the answers that we give people simple, I suppose. It can be difficult to do that when things are heated, but I think, um, you know, it's an important thing to certain, certainly try and do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to think, has, has there, has there, have I ever experienced where conversation is heated when we're talking about non-monogamous and monogamous? And I would say for me, I haven't experienced that. And the thing is, um, I don't allow myself to come in that place because I meet people with compassion. I remember when my partner initiated open relationship, I, I spinned, and that you know, like that was uh, that was a lot to handle at, at the same time. So, if that person is spinning for whatever reason, maybe they don't like what you're saying, they don't like what you're doing, um, just giving that, them that space. All I would just be able to to not share more, you know, just. To be able to say you're where you are, we are where we are, we can respect that. Um, and, and that one probably because of I've done a lot of work to dissociate myself from any type of lineage. When I mean that, meaning uh, whether monogamous or non-monogamous, I like seeing it as we are in a different vehicles or cars going to the same de- destination. You have a Jeep, you have, I don't know what you're driving, but we're all going in the same destinations so it really doesn't matter and we don't have to measure who has who is driving what you know so so i won't enter into that um discussion or fight doesn't mean i don't with other topics like race so, mm-hmm. so the other topic that that really ruffled me and probably i need to do more healing in that mm-hmm. i can see myself going with people about that but when it comes to non-monogamous is idea of that's your truth and this is my truth yeah yeah what about if things are just kind of a bit complicated maybe maybe the maybe the group is pretty chill still but you're getting maybe the odd uh, microaggression here or there and you're kind of just you just want to keep it simple like what are we like what what can people do to try and keep their minds on track and kind of keep it succinct uh i use humor for, for sometimes That's I do use mm-hmm. humor. <laughs> yeah. I use humor <laughs> at the end. You know, I, I like oh, we like sharing. Sharing is caring. So something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. So in a way of we are the same people. Nothing have changed. You know, we're still cool. We're we're same. Nothing have changed. Just to bring humor in in stressful topics. Yeah. That may help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I def- I've definitely done that before as well, just to sort of I never diffuse the situation. I, I never do that. Richard, yeah. Susan, Richard is the one that always makes jokes on the podcast and derails oh, all our okay. interviews. And, so you know, that's most, a joke. And most of those uh, <laughs> most of those don't end up in the podcast, uh, mainly for my protection. Um, Sometimes I cut them out, yeah. <laughs> this um, one's staying in. <laughs> um, we'll see about that. Um, it It sounds like what you're saying is that you you've actually become quite good at setting sort of boundaries for yourself about what you will and won't discuss uh, or or what kind of topics you're willing, you know, you're willing to talk further about, or um, if you can sense that a conversation like isn't really worth your while, like you're just not going to engage. 
So do you, do you suggest mm-hmm. that people set boundaries for themselves before they go to like a holiday dinner with family members or, or loved ones? Um, and what could some of those boundaries look like, do you think? I would say a very good way for me to set boundary. Every time we're having a conversation with someone, I like asking myself, how am I feeling about this conversation? Am I feeling uh, energized? Am I feeling empowered? Am I feeling good about it? Or am I feeling drained? And if I start perceiving that I'm feeling drained and not feeling good about it, I that's an indication to listen to myself and set boundaries. Mm-hmm. But if people are asking questions and they look, honestly engaged and curious genuinely curious to learn to um to want to know genuinely and they're not judgmental then i'll be like great you can learn as much i can share as much as i i, I feel comfortable but if someone is pretending to want to know and they're just judgy and that you know you just feel how am i feeling with this conversation um Am, am, is, is my energy good or am I feeling drained? Am I feeling tired? Am I feeling judgy? Then I can set that boundary. I, I really don't need to engage. Yeah. I'm just sort of, am, am I, what could you say? Is it, Would you say something like, oh, I'm not really comfortable discussing that right now? Um, is that something that you could say or? Or something quite different. That's beautiful. Yes, that's very beautiful. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't want to discuss. I. I. I don't think I want to discuss about this. Oh, for me now, I like telling people. You can read my book. There's all that information there. <laughs> so nice. That's a, very that's a really good, good sales technique. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we we also have loved having this show for that exact same reason. Where we're like, if someone yeah. asks us a question, I'm like, you know. All of this information <laughs> and probably much more than you've like really want to know is all on this podcast. So if you just go and type Very in the Polly cool. podcast, then <laughs> you yeah, can, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I do find if there's a particular line of inquiry, shall we say, from people, I too, we've both read a lot of different books. We can say, go and read Susan's book. Like go and read these other books because there's all that mm-hmm. information there. And sometimes these questions do feel a little bit like, someone's processing out loud at you and as the person who might be non-monogamous or sometimes in other minorities like as you say before like racial minorities or in the queer community we don't Mm -hmm. actually need to teach you there's lots of resources Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. you can just check those out i just recommend this podcast without telling them that i'm one of the hosts and then they're just like oh (laughs) yes that would be great (laughs) that would be great because you also don't want to feel if someone really wants to know, you don't want to do all the emotional inter- interactual labor for them. Yeah. But that if, yeah. if they really want to know, they can do a little bit research too. And they can come, oh, I read this book. What does it mean? That's somebody who have already done some research. Not not from the basic thing that they can easily Google and find it. Mm. Absolutely. I think there can be a tendency as well to mm-hmm. be like, I want to get this person to my level in the next 20 minutes. Oh, like from our perspective. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So you're kind of like, right, here we go. Crash course on non-monogamy. And then, you know, they're just looking at you with the blankest stare because you've, you've forgotten that this has taken you months, if mm-hmm. not years, mm-hmm. to get to where you are now. And so you're just like, oh, a new person who is actually asking the open-ended questions with genuine curiosity. You know, it's like, I'm going to get this person 
to be full on polyamorous person in the next 20 minutes it's just yeah. obviously not gonna happen yeah they're just gonna end up being more and more disenfranchised by it's it. so tempting though isn't it yeah. because sometimes you can get excited you can get ex- <laughs> and like but also you can like be really genuinely happy and i personally sometimes have t- mistaken that like curiosity for someone who just wants to know what's going on in my life but actually they're kind of wanting to ask more like sort of maybe questions that aren't as helpful and they're trying to understand things and then give me their opinion. And mm. it can be really hard to like <clears throat> separate that sometimes, yes. um, which is, is challenging, mm-hmm. I think. It could just be hard to gauge where someone's actually coming from. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But the good thing is not mostly, I would say, I would recommend, it's not even the, about the, because this is your space is, Sometimes they may even be meaning well and have good intention, but that doesn't mean I have to share with you these other resources. So it's gauging how do you feel, mm. you that is giving information. Do you want to have this conversation? And if you do, the way you are saying, Sibol, that you're excited about it, then you can share. But even if the other person wants to hear about it and they mean well, but I don't, I'm not in that space or I don't feel well myself then I can refer them to your podcast or something else. Or I can say, um, I'm saying this because there's a time we went to a party and it was a party and I was there, it was my 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 partner's party and birthday party. And there was this girl for half an hour was asking questions. They were all good questions, but I was so tired mm-hmm. uh, and, and so drained. And I'm like, that's not what I want to be talking about half an hour, non-monogamous in my wonderful party here. Yeah. I want to be doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so setting those boundaries may be helpful. So timing mm, to be yeah, able to say, yeah. oh, you seem like Jennings curious. I refer this book, or can we meet another time? Well, look, well, look, if you uh, if you are t- too tired to talk about it, then please do refer them to our podcast because we're trying to monetize. So um, <laughs> anyway. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh dear. Um there's the jokes that we were talking That's about. That's the jokes that I was mentioning <laughs> earlier. Yes, there we go. Um, so if someone, like we, you know, a lot of the questions we've been asking so far have been a little bit about the family members and the friends potentially already knowing that you are non-monogamous. You kind of turn up at a party, everyone's like, oh, yes, there's the non-monogamous cousin and her partner or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know. and but Weirdo. If we could... <laughs> Well, you know, you know, but it, does, it can feel like that. Where like, you can yes. feel like you're like this other. Everyone sort of knows about it, and you know, maybe people are thinking about, they're asking questions, but we're assuming that people already know. There might be people in a situation where they're actually going to tell their parents or their siblings or cousins or whoever for the first time and have this discussion when they're over the holiday period. They're spending extended time. They might be thinking, okay, I'm gonna talk to my parents, etc., about this. How do you approach mm-hmm. that conversation for the first time? How do you mm-hmm. bring this up? Um, and, you know, it, there's also Christmas is a little bit more high pressure, right? Because you want to all have a nice time and be merry. So how do you, how do, you do that? How do you bring it up? What I would say is um, I is know that you're, more, you're most likely, and I bet even I'm outside of betting it, that – you're much, excuse me, you're much happier than most people 
in their relationship. So uh, having that in mind, and I think because I'm a relationship therapist and I see so many uh, unhappy people in different settings, whether it's monogamous, non-monogamous, in our setting. So this idea of monogamy, it doesn't sell for me. So it doesn't sell for me because you're monogamous, you must be better. So I already come with that attitude to the setting that just because you are certain setting, it doesn't um, disqualify you. So having that confidence when you're talking about the relationship, you may be the most happier couple in that whole room. So if you know that, and you may be the most connected couple in that room, then, then why are we having difficult time if we all want to be happy to even explaining? So maybe what I'm trying to say is gathering that you have a lot on you, especially if you're doing it well, meaning you are communicating, you're connected, you're respecting each other's boundaries. Um, and that's what you bring when you're talking to people. We are happy and we're confident and we're proud of who we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, and if, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, if, if most people's journeys into, uh, into non-monogamy as part of a couple or anything like mine and Siobhan's you can bet your ass that you're probably the most connected couple there <laughs> because it just it I, I think it you kind of reach another level when you go through mm -hmm. that and, and, and I'm not saying I'm not sort of trying to detract from monogamous relationships I'm I'm not saying that you know they're not as connected but um but in this instance I feel like it's it's I can only speak for me and Siobhan and, and we are certainly a lot more connected now than we ever were pre non-monogamy journey. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think as well with, I just, I really, I love this idea of just reminding yourself of like why you're doing it, that you're happy that you're connected and that, you know, being the only one in the room or the only different person in the room can be really confronting. And so you can focus on those differences, but it's just, it's such, I'd love that reminder, Susan, of just like, you, you're probably the happiest couple in the room or you've got a lot of really exciting things going and, and they don't, and your relationship style doesn't detract from that. And sometimes I think like mm -hmm. I can get caught up in that and think, oh, well, are we, you know, not so much now, but when we first opened, are we, are we, are we like, you know, everyone else thinks we're weird and different, but actually it's right for us. And like having that strength is really, is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, so very good. And now, so when you're talking to your parent, I'm sorry for, for, for jumping in there. So when you're talking to your parent, so you can focus on those things. So they are going on the style or structure of it, but you're communicating on the benefits of it. So we have, Dad, we're really happy and we like it better and we're communicating better, we're experiencing better. But why are you guys doing this? Yeah, because we're really finding it so happy and we we, we feel more, yeah, we're more happy than we have ever been. Hmm. So you're going back to that. Yeah, and reminding hmm. them of that. Because as you said, it's funny because there's sort of this like weird, oh, non-monogamy, like it's weird, it's different. It's like something that people are doing and talking about. And I mean, it's not new, obviously, but it certainly does. It's it's funny because we're all sort of just trying to achieve the same thing, which is connection, you know, love, happiness. Mm -hmm. And 
Mm-hmm. I love focus. That's a really good idea, isn't it? Like to focus on that and be like, this is what we're trying yeah. to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, any, you know, parent out there, um, you know, that what what they want for their children is for them to be happy and content, loved, etc. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I doubt that any parent with, with a bit of time won't come round to un, you know to at least some level of understanding where yeah they can just be happy for you um speaking of parents mm-hmm. yes um i just was wondering if we might be able to talk briefly about how to talk to kids about this because often around family situations there are a lot of children involved and kids are very perceptible if there's tension or there's like a discussion happening, they're going to want to know what's going on. Like, are there some ways that you could explain this to a younger person, um, whether it's your own child or whether it's a, you know, a niece or a nephew? Hmm. First, I would say it's, I, I do highly recommend for people who have children to, or nieces and nephew who you hang out with them with other uh, metamoa or party partners. Our open relationship partner, if you hang out with them, it's good to communicate with children because I say there's nothing confusing. It would be so confusing for a kid to see auntie kissing somebody else that is not uncle, you know, or, or mom kissing Absolutely. someone else that is not. That will be very confusing for a kid. So if you know you are involving other people in your life it's and your children are around, it's better to communicate. Even if the children are not, you may think uh, uh, they went, for hockey or something and then they came home Ari, and here you are with somebody <laughs> and yes. <laughs> so I, I to me was important for me to tell my kids ahead of time and in the beginning like parents like everybody else it was a little bit confusing but with time and we're reassuring them we did the same thing we love you guys this doesn't mean we're not we don't love each other or we don't love you and with time as we're talking about it over and over again they now make jokes about it or now they communicate <laughs> now we with we were together and I'm like, oh, mom, did you see? He's cute. Like you see a man going, did you notice? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, he's cute. Like we can have those nice. uh, missions together. Mini, mini, mini wingmen. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they know we are connected. They know we love each other. And some of the, they feel more secure because there's communication. Um, so I would recommend tell your children what is more damaging is secrets, uh, having secrets that comes out when they're not prepared. Mm. Um, another thing can be age appropriate. It can be this is a special person I spend time with and mommy and daddy really love this person and you'll be seeing them more often and gradually you can introduce them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that, that. I just love that your kids are like, hey, mom, what? that's a dream. That is fantastic. <laughs> And it's like the dream. Yeah. It is. That's so, that's they're, so they're very free. Yeah, 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 they're very free about it and, and joke about it. And, and I love that openness and, and yeah. yeah. And whenever you dress up, it's like, oh, are you going to see your open relationship partner? I'm like, can I not see other people? Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, um, excuse me. I've got friends too. Like, you know. <laughs> I have many friends and they're just joking and I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. It's brilliant. 
Oh my god, that's <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna have to start training mine. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. well, uh just sort of last but certainly not least. No. Um lastly, yes. Yes. Um could you recommend some resources for poly people to access uh, that you know that will help them navigate the holidays maybe because uh, obviously we've only got a certain amount of time so we can't cover it all here um is there anything that you'd recommend resource wise um that can you know um yeah just help people out navigate christmas or whatever holiday that they're celebrating okay so one book that i've been reading recently and i really do love it especially because of the attachment style is pori cube you probably have heard about it mm-hmm. um i do would recommend that book because it really give the foundation of people styles of doing relationship and these are now people who are polyamorous or in open relationship uh, earth conan monogamous in general uh, that's a very good book if you're reading it uh, if you are not a polyamorous and you want to understand your family members who are in polyamorous book uh, relationship there are many books out there whether it's of course my book but other <laughs> and your podcast most importantly and <laughs> and 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 your podcast as well and and the, now you can google you can go on podcast and and google ethcon and monogamous and they will pop up as well mm. another thing is facebook um community is big on pori google where you're from like your city and google polyamorous uh whatever it's land like for us we live in canada winnipeg or polyamorous winnipeg it will pop up and send uh, the administration administrator person you can send them email or text to see that you're new you want to learn more about it and also utilizing about the resources in the community like um fun stuff i think that part of uh, polyamory why it's become more open relationship and ethical and monogamous is because couple really take time to do fun stuff and to engage in those activities. So I would recommend all that. that there's a lot of things going on, but you won't see them unless you look for them. Yeah. I think it's that's what's been so lovely about doing this podcast is talking to other non-monogamous people and building a, a kind of a community and, and meeting people. And that's really empowering as well because, as you say, like there's so much going on and it's not until you – get involved in the community or that you join the Facebook groups and read the books and, and look into it that you, you see it. Um, so Mm -hmm. they're really helpful. So thank you for recommending those. Um, shall we play our game? A game. And by game, we mean our favorite question of the week. Question of the week. So the question of the week is, does your open relationship mean you're no longer committed to each other? I would say, no, it doesn't mean that you're not committed to each other. It may means, um, it actually means that you're expanding and getting to know you more depth, that you're not just limited to knowing, you as, you, to knowing yourself by just one person. Um, it's more love, it's more communication, it's more, it's more everything. To me, I would say open relationship does not constrain us, it expands us. And I also (laughs) just love throughout this interview, you've really emphasized not knowing yourself through one, only one person. You're experiencing different parts of yourself through other people. And 
Mm-hmm. I just I just love that that's something that we've talked about a lot through this episode. It's just such a good message and it just kind of reminds you that all the opportunities that you can have by doing, you know, by opening your relationship if that's what you've done and um, and doing this kind of work. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Susan, we would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you, your book, if you're online, your counselling services. Yes. Uh, you can... Uh, you can find me on uh, my website is susanwenzel.ca and there you find my, my my Facebook, social media, Instagram. I think it's Susan Wenzel Official. So you will find me everywhere. And also you if you Google me, Susan Wenzel, Winnipeg, Canada, then you'll find me. And your book. And the book is on the website as well. I and think. the book is I have that book yeah, as well. We mentioned it plenty book. of times, but you know, just in case anyone wasn't listening properly, uh, she she has a book. Susan's written a book, guys. She's written a book. It's really good. <laughs> Read it. Um, yes, it's one of our absolute faves. Um, you can also find us on the internet. Please subscribe, rate, and review to our podcast. Some, you know, five-star ratings never go astray. Share this episode with a friend or a family member, especially around the holiday season. Um, we're always stronger together. So, you know, give it a share. Yes. You can also follow us on social media. We are at poly underscore podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And threads. And threads. We're still on threads? Yeah, we're on threads. Okay, on Thread, threads, threads too. Is, threads is alive and well for now. You can find us at our website. We are the-poly-podcast.captivate.fm and you can email us at podcastapoly at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us. It's been a pleasure and a dream. It was so grateful that you've given up your time to speak with us. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.